Hey everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. During the month of July, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are bringing you the podcast version of our 20 questions about the Browns. Every weekday, we'll have a post from one of us on cleveland.com browns answering a question about the team as we head into training camp at the end of July. We'll also have accompanying podcasts each day where the three of us will discuss the topic. We cover everything from Baker Mayfield's accuracy to who will start at right guard. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to check out Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns. News, analysis, what we're thinking and hearing, and more. And the best part is you can text us back and we'll text with you directly. It cuts through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers that includes Terry Pluto and Doug Maurice exclusively for our subscribers. We held a virtual draft event the week before the draft this year. And we also held a virtual event where we talked all things Baker Mayfield. You probably heard both of those on the podcast, but... If you weren't a Football Insider subscriber, you didn't get to participate and have your voice heard because these events are only open to our Football Insiders. If you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insiders $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started again. To get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription, text 216-208-3965. Now, let's get to our question for today. And today's question, Scott, is... What can we expect from Joe Wood's defense? Which might be one of the biggest mysteries uh, on on this team this season because we haven't really gotten a glimpse of, of what that might look like, like we normally would during OTAs or, or minicamp. Um, you know, we haven't gotten that this season because they haven't been practicing. So we're going to have to find that out during training camp, what to expect from Woods. Now, he was the defensive coordinator for two seasons in Denver. Didn't have great records there. They went 6-10, uh, and 5-11 and 11 when he was there. Took over for Wade Phillips. Last season, he was with the Niners as the defensive backs coach. Really spent most of his season as a defensive backs coach worked with a lot of great players. Now he's here in Cleveland. He spent his, some of his, some of his career has been in a three, four, some of it's been with a four, three. He came here. He says he's going to stick with the four, three, because that's kind of what the personnel dictates. We have Miles Garrett on the outside. I think you want to keep things as the status quo, which kind of makes sense. But for the rest of the defense, um, like I said, it's kind of a mystery. We, we know that, uh, during free agency, uh, he really wasn't getting a lot of the big-name players that, say, the offense was. You know, you go out and get a big-time tackle like uh, Conklin. You get a big-time tight end like Hooper. And meanwhile, on defense, you know, he's losing all his linebackers and all his safeties. And they brought in people like Carl Joes, Joseph, Andrew Sandejo. Um, you got B.J. Goodson put in on at linebacker. But it seems more like a, a unit that he's going to kind of have to make it work as opposed to he has a lot of guys that he can build around on the back end of that defense. I think it's still going to be a defensive line heavy or focused defense because of just the names you have there. Um, but other than that, I think we're all going to kind of have to piece this together during training camp and figure out what Joe Woods defense is supposed to look like. 
Yeah, you know what? I, I think that there are certain things that we're going to know about Joe Wood's defense, and that is, and we talked to him about this on the day that, that he was hired, and that is uh, that he really wants them to attack the football. And I think that that is one of the key things that th this defense needs to do a lot better than it did last year when they were tied for 19th with only 20 takeaways. Uh, they need to get more interceptions. They need to get more forced fumbles, more fumble recoveries. They need to get more sacks and things like that, but they need to take the ball away more. And I think that they, the emphasis, emphasis will be on that. Unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to start coaching that up in the offseason uh, because they weren't together. Uh, but I still think that the emphasis was there to get there, to attack the ball, and to punch it out. And I think there are plenty of guys on this team that have the capability of doing that. When I look at a Grant Delpit, I think of a, a ball-hawking safety there. Uh, a Carl Joseph sort of same thing uh you know i think that uh some of the guys on you know on the d line and elsewhere should be able uh to force more fumbles and recover more fumbles than they have in the past so that's what i'm looking for uh that's one major thing that i'm looking for is far more takeaways than we've seen in the past yeah and then this is a guy that's been a, a defensive backs coach so much of his career going back to his college days you know his, his season at Kent State in 1997, a year that I know is probably near and dear to all of our hearts when Joe Woods was at Kent State, um, joining the, the Kent State crew that covers this team. Uh, you know, but that defensive back's background with those young DBs with Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward, I think that's going to help, uh, help them get better and, and hopefully help them, you know, be able to take the football away. Just kind of looking at some of his defensive rankings. In 2018, Denver was fifth in takeaways. You know, in 2017, they were eighth in, uh, I'm sorry, third in yards. They were fifth in rushing yards. I mean, the, his defenses in Denver, you know, even though the records weren't great, and it, it fluctuated, you know, year to year, as defenses tend to do, but uh, there, there was at least one year where he had some pretty good numbers defensively in Denver, and then the other year when the numbers weren't as good, the takeaway numbers were high. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's kind of what you want. If, if if you're not going to be one of the best defenses statistically, take the football away. That, that changes things. Yeah, plus I think experience is a big deal here because having done it already, and he was asked about that too the other day, like what did you take away from your you know, experience in Denver and just the organization and management that is involved with being a, a coordinator. And so he's done that for a couple of years and he's coming into Cleveland now, not as a first-time coordinator, um, which I think should help. Uh, and, you know, a little more understanding of how the organization works. You know, he's, he's a guy who has really excelled in film work. He's, you know, if you don't like watching film and you're on this Browns defense, <laughs> you might not fit in with Joe Woods. Uh, I think TJ Carey told you that too, Dan, like how he kind of turned him on to, to film work early in his career. And, um, and so that's going to be a big thing. He's also done some odd things. Like he had his defensive backs wear blinders, uh, kind of work without uh, having peripheral vision sometimes uh, on the defense. Um, so we might see some of that uh, with the Browns this year, which would be kind of interesting. Defensive bags running around without really knowing who's next to them. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that, how that'll work. Um, I think as far as linebackers go though, um, he kind of said that he's going to stick with what most teams do. And you're probably only going to see two linebackers on the field a lot. Um, one of the things he likes to say is that everybody runs basically the same defense in the NFL. It's just how you, how you package that together and how you show it to the other team. 
Um, so he wasn't really uh, very revealing in, in how his defense will look this year. But I think at its base, it's, it's, it might look a lot like what we saw last year with two linebackers on the field, extra safeties, um, and stuff like that. So, uh, but I think coming in, having already done this once, he isn't in the same boat necessarily as, say, Kevin Stefanski, who's in that position for the first time. Uh, he kind of has some experience doing it and, and maybe has some things he can learn from. A couple, uh, couple things real quick. He, first of all, I think having been in San Francisco last year, I think that uh, he'll probably be even more attack-minded from, from the defensive line than, uh, you know, than maybe he was previously, even though he was in Denver where he had a Von Miller. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, just the coaches that he worked with, I, I think that he will really emphasize just getting after the passer and, and really attacking it from that standpoint. And I think that's why they are very willing to invest in and spend the money on a Jadavian Clowney. I think they want to disrupt the quarterback and, and just keep pushing the envelope that way. Uh, and so I think Miles Garrett can, uh, you know, can expect to be, you know, just really going forward and pinning his ears back and, and, and just, going for it. And I think that there will be, I think they'll blitz. I think you'll have a lot of other guys uh, trying to dis disrupt the quarterback and get him off his mark in that way. Olivier Vernon, if he's uh, still here and not Jadavian Clowney, then he'll be called upon to do that as well. And then the other thing is, I think, I mean, he's already told us that uh, he knows he'll be in sub defenses a lot. So not only do, do they want to play a lot of nickel and a lot of big nickel, but he also wants to transition somewhat to more of a dime defense where you have, uh, you know, six defensive backs on the field a lot of the time. So, uh, and that would involve, you know, that was one of the reasons why Grant Delpit is so valuable because he can be sort of a hybrid type of a defender in that kind of a sub defense. Uh, so I, I think that, um, I think you'll see a lot of those kinds of things. And the fact that he does come from a secondary background is going to be really good for this defense because some of the highest draft picks on this team are in secondary. You know, you've got Greedy Williams, you've got Denzel Ward, and you've got Grant Delpit, your, you know, three of your, your starters back there. Uh, actually, Carl Joseph was a first-round pick. First too. And, right, and Kevin Johnson was a first-round pick. So, you know, you've got a lot of guys that were, were drafted very, very high. Uh, three of which were drafted very high by the Cleveland Browns. And it shows how they feel about those guys, that they expect them to be cornerstones of this defense for a long time to come. And I think that Joe Woods specializes in those guys, those defensive backs, a player that needs to step it up a little bit, Greedy Williams. I think that he will fare better under Joe Woods because I think he's going to get really coached up on that technique. I, I think Joe Woods will probably sit down with Miles Garrett and you know, we've talked about this sort of on the offensive side and Baker Mayfield and, and guys with experience and guys that can say, look what I've done. You might sit down with Miles Garrett and say, hey, you know, I've coached another pretty good pass rusher who was drafted pretty high out of Texas A&M. And he's, he's pretty successful. And you probably know him a little bit, Miles, because, you know, where you're going to his pass rushing summit and, and all of that. So you probably know this guy pretty well. I coached him up. Had some good years under me. I think I know what I'm doing when it comes to pass rushers out of Texas A&M. And I'm sure Von Miller is going to tell Miles Garrett all about Joe Woods. So, you know, that's really one of the things Joe Woods is charged with. You know, not just making that secondary better and developing those players like Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, but also getting the best out of Miles Garrett. You know, we've talked about it before. 
what is Miles Garrett's ceiling? It's Joe Woods' job to find out, and it's Joe Woods' job to be the defensive coordinator uh, that really finally gets him there, right? He's taking those baby steps every year. Uh, the suspension last year kind of stunted what was really a good season for him. But to get him now to take that leap, to, to, to hit that Miles Garrett ceiling, that defensive player of the year type ceiling uh, that, that a Vaughn Miller has. And, and I think, you know, Joe Woods is going to, he's going to remind Miles, hey, I've, I've coached guys that have come from Texas A&M and been high draft picks and wanted to be defensive players of the year. I, I know what I'm doing and I can get the best out of you. Interesting how we talk about the offense versus how we talk about the defense. Uh, how what Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt have to do is uh, make the most of all the talent they have versus Joe Woods on defense. You know, we're talking about getting the most out of people and, and trying to uh, basically make the most out of, out of a defense that has a lot of question marks. It's, it's just a totally different, different setup, I think, on each side of the ball for them this year. And, and uh, like you said, Miles Garrett is someone you want to tap into his total potential. You also probably want to do the same thing with Olivier Vernon if he ends up being the guy. But it's also a, a, a side of the ball where that's the only place we're talking about them adding players this offseason. You know, it's, it's, it's the place where, you know, are they going to add a clowny? Are they going to upgrade the defensive line? So are they going to go out and get a, a safety at the back of the defense? It's, you know, we're not talking about those things on, on offense. So it's uh, – Joe Woods, I think, seems to have – it's not that Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt don't have work to do, but I think the, the kind of work Joe Woods has to do is very different. You know what? I think that is the perception, and I agree with you, that, you know, we sort of have that vibe in our minds that, that they invested in the offense. And, you know, we hear – you know, every day we – you know, we heard, okay, now they signed Jack Conklin. Now they, now they signed Austin Hooper. Now they drafted Jedrick Wills, uh, you know, with their number 10 overall pick. So there's a perception – uh, that all the talent is on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, I think that it's a little bit erroneous or a little bit misleading because when you look at it, really, last year the Browns invested a lot, a lot of money in Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson. They brought in two big-name guys that were also big salaries. You've got Miles Garrett, who obviously is who he is and uh, commands the, you know, the attention, the money, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, then, you, then you look at some of the other things that they've done recently. I mean, Denzel Ward, once again, young defensive back and a very, very super high pick. Last year, Greedy Williams, very high pick. This year, Grant Delpit, second round. Uh, and then they've added some other fairly high defenders in the draft in terms of Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, both picked in the third round. Okay, so that's just, you know, that's just, you know, the draft for the most part last year. Uh, then they added, as we mentioned, a couple of other guys that were former first-round picks in Carl Joseph and Kevin Johnson. So I think that they've quietly, kind of quietly put together what should be a pretty darn good defense. And I think they have invested in most of the spots, really, except for linebacker. You know, one guy, we, there, there's a few guys on this defense that we don't talk about a lot when, when they did go out and add guys. And one guy that we don't really talk about is one of the guys that got more than a uh, more than a one-year contract, and that's Adrian Claiborne, kind of a late signing, uh, a veteran guy that they they snatched away from the Falcons. Uh, he he has really nice depth on that edge, and he's going to allow them to do some things. If they want to move Miles Garrett inside on some plays and get creative with how they deploy Miles Garrett, uh, they're they're going to be able to do that. Uh, you know, this is a guy that he's he's going to be 32 here soon in in early July, but. 
he's been a really productive player. Uh, you're looking at a guy that three years ago had nine and a half sacks. He's got 36 and a half in his career. And that's just a nice kind of veteran guy to have behind them. And then you look at the interior of the line and you have those guys that, that can create pressure, like a Jordan Elliott. Uh, like you said, Mary Kay. Larry Ogunjobi, when he's been at his best, it's been he's not a run stuffer. He's a guy that gets into the backfield and, and chases guys down. And, and that's really – that's where this all starts. It all starts with pressure. It all starts with making the quarterback uncomfortable and then everybody kind of playing off of that. Andrew Billings as well, Andrew Billings, uh, who, who they added in the middle. So, uh, you know, those are two names that I didn't even mention when I was running through all the different bodies that were added to the defense. And that was Adrian Claiborne and Andrew Billings. So they, they've added a lot of depth. And just because some of these guys weren't like the flashiest names, like a Jadavian Clowney, we don't have that perception that they did a lot, but they really did a lot to this defense this offseason. A lot of these guys are on one-year contracts, which is another reason why we really don't think of them as maybe long-term contributors, uh, but they can work into that. Even, you know, so the B.J. Goodsons and the Carl Josephs and the Kevin Johnsons and those guys, um, you know, they have an opportunity to become something here. Uh, but I think that, that, you know, Andrew Barry has quietly put together what I think can be a really, really good defense this year. Yeah, they really needed to make uh, – I think Claiborne is – I'm glad you brought him up because he is – it was clear they needed to do something on the edge uh, to have more there than Chad Thomas because when he was basically uh, the one, I guess, quote-unquote legitimate pass rusher they had down the stretch there, you had, you know, Miles Garrett out and Olivier Vernon limping around. Um, I think they even tried Richardson some at defensive end too just because they, they really had to remake that unit uh, kind of on the fly. Um, and so, yeah, bringing in someone like Claiborne makes a lot of sense. It's a great depth move. Um, I've said before, I, I mean, if Vernon's healthy, I don't see why you don't just go ahead with him. Um, I understand that the risk is that he won't be healthy because he hasn't been healthy. But uh, I think it is a good defensive line. I think that defense is going to start there. I think it, just like they said last season, it has – the chance to be the, the strongest union on this team if everybody's healthy and they play to their potential. Um, but it, Claiborne, I think it does get swept under the rug a little bit. Um, and then uh, uh, Billings in the, in the middle, I think he's going to be a big part of the rotation. So that, that unit has definitely improved. I still say there's a lot of question marks elsewhere um, outside of Denzel Ward and, and Greedy Williams. You know, I know you do have a lot of former, some former first round draft picks, but they're here for a reason, and it's mostly because they didn't totally live up to the potential of being a first-round draft pick, so now they kind of have to kind of reboot here in Cleveland and prove that they can be productive. What about Grant? Are you not high on Grant? Oh, I like Grant. No, I think that was a great pick because, again, covering tight ends and, and, and people out of the back, that's, that's a huge issue for the Browns in recent years. They've given up more yards and catches to tight ends over the last five or six years than I think any NFL team, so um, that was huge. It's just you have a lot of people, like I said, you have a lot of people that Joe Woods is going to have to reach their potential. You know, it's, it's, you have to kind of make, make them into a unit, whereas on offense it's, you know, wow, how do we get the ball to all these great people? <laughs> you know, look at, look at all these great additions we made to the offensive line and, uh, and how this scheme is going to work so well. And it's, the defense is just a totally different story, I think. Not that it can't be good. It's just right now we don't know. I'm, I'm also curious about, this is something we never get to see with these GMs here because they are, they're always gone in like a year and a half or two years. But I'm curious about the Browns 
long-term strategy building on defense. Mary Kay, you've mentioned the comp picks and, and how some of these one-year deals factor in, but I also wonder if there's a part of it too. You know, when you, you see a lot of great defenses in the NFL that kind of come up and then all these guys get paid and these defenses get expensive and it never really sustains. You know, Jacksonville is, is a really recent example. You know, a few years ago, they almost went to the Super Bowl because their defense was so great and it got really expensive. Guys start to age a little bit. Defense can be a little up and down. And I wonder if I wonder if they view defensively, you know, let's let's pick some he guys like a, a Miles Garrett, a Denzel Ward. You know, we're gonna we're gonna really invest in like three or four guys on that defensive defensive side of the ball, and then we're gonna kind of rotate guys through on shorter deals, one year deals, two year deals, and, and sort of try and remake that defense on the fly a, a few times over. Hopefully we'll get a chance to actually see Andrew Barry build a couple of rosters and, and get an idea about, of how he views all of that. But the defensive side of the ball could be really hard to build long-term because it can get really expensive um, if, if you have too many guys and then you have to make sacrifices elsewhere. Well, I think that uh, they have shown that they are willing to invest in certain positions. And I think those positions include edge rusher. I mean, they have, they have basically, they're saying, we are willing to pay Miles Garrett what he's probably going to be the first $25 million a year pass rusher coming up here, maybe as soon as this offseason. And yet they're still willing. They are still willing to go out and either pay Olivier Vernon $15 million this year or uh, pay Jadavian Clowney at least $15 million this year or maybe even sign him to a long-term contract worth – probably a little bit more than that, maybe $17 million a year or something along those lines. So it is going to, going to get very expensive because also Denzel Ward is going to be coming up for a big payday too. Uh, and, and defensive backs are making a lot of money these days. So uh, like you said, I think there are key positions where they're willing to allocate resources. Those are on the edge, uh, probably their cornerbacks and not the linebackers. Yeah. The days of the Browns leading the NFL in salary cap space. I think, uh, could be coming to an end here, you know, especially if the team is successful, you know, that's, I guess the double-edged sword of it all, you know, you, you got to spend a lot of money, but you're going to be successful. So at the end of the day, that's the, probably the bottom line. Well, being salary camp, salary cap champs, is not very yeah. much fun. <laughs> it's, it's much more fun to win on Sundays and, and win games in January. I think Browns fans will, uh, will forgive them if every off season, they aren't the champs of the, uh, the salary cap rankings. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the orange and Brown talk podcast. Make sure you're subscribed so you can get all these 20 questions pods right there in your feed on your phone and check out football insider as well to get that 14 day free trial for Mary Kay and Scott. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening everybody.